Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Paying the Dirt, an NFL Draft podcast. This is Ryan Wands. AC here as well with Ryan. Excited for another week of breaking down some quarterbacks and seeing what we think about them for the upcoming draft. I think uh, we got a good one this week, a little bit under the radar um, coming out. So looking forward to seeing what uh, what we both have to think um, of my good friend, Carson Strong. Yeah, TC, do you have any initial thoughts on Carson Strong before we do a little deep dive into his career at Nevada? Yeah, I mean, he's um, obviously not like a heralded guy coming out of high school. Um, Not a ton that um, he had to offer, obviously. Going to Nevada probably means you didn't have a lot of other great Power 5 offers on the table. Uh, Not a lot of guys end up there that had great offers um, in the Power 5. So he... uh, had to wait, kind of wait his turn and um, didn't start immediately right when he came in. So waited a year and then kind of got going. They had some um, other quarterbacks on the roster that they had brought in in Nevada that took some some snaps away from him um, his true freshman year. So he didn't really get to get to play at all. But after that happened in the offseason, um, kind of improved. Um, year after year, which is which is cool, which is good to see. Um, so I'm looking forward to talking about him, breaking him down. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him in, in the NFL. To be honest with you, yeah. So uh, let's let's start where we always start uh, as a high school prospect. Who was Carson Strong? So he went to. He's from Vacaville, Vacaville, California. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Um. But he went to Will C. Wood High School, and he was the class of 2018. His 24-7 sports ranking overall was, I think he was the 2,171st prospect in the class of 2018. (laughs) Those are the guys that end up at Nevada and, like, uh, Wyoming and, like, outposts like that. (laughs) And he was the 76th pro-style QB. So, was 2018, I think that was the same class as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Yeah, that was um, a pretty good class. <laughs> they all had, um, they had, they had tough competition that year, I'll say the least. Yeah. Um, but he's he's also, he's 6'4", 215 pounds, so he's got good size. That That's something I like about him. Uh, solid size. And... Um, yeah, let's get into the 2019 season where, uh, I only looked, I only, for Carson Strong, I only looked at the, the games he played against ranked teams, um, and they had a bad loss against Oregon. This is his first, this is his redshirt freshman year. 2018, he didn't play at all. He redshirted. So in 2019 was his first year as a starter, and yeah, he went up to Autzen Stadium and got hammered by Oregon. They lost 77-6. to Not an easy place to start your college career. <laughs> I mean, that place gets rocking um, when, um, especially first game of the year, fans have been there for a while, so that is tough to, to play your first true road game um, against Oregon. So that was number, against number 16 ranked Oregon. They lost 77-6. to Strong went 13-25 and 
89 yards and two picks. So that's that game was a certainly a learning experience for him at the very least. Yeah, I mean, I don't put too much weight into that, honestly. It's just literally his second game of his career that he's ever started in, ever played in, um, and you have to go on the road like that's a tough environment. I don't, I don't hold that against the kid. Um, and that that comes off the the game before that is his first start is when they beat Purdue in the season opener. He threw for like 300 yards almost, 295, and three touchdowns against a Power 5 team. I know Purdue two, three years ago was still kind of the same Purdue they are now. They're, they're always solid. They're a solid team in the FBS and the Power 5. So I give them credit for, for playing well against them and beating them um, despite it, they were at home. And I believe they had like a, like a 55-yard field goal to win um, massive upset for them. So they were riding the high from that one and came into Oregon on the road, probably a little bit of a nag in that one. But I give him credit for getting out there against Purdue and getting that first win in his very first start. Yeah, he was battling against, who is his, is his name, like George Karlaftis? Who's their stud in yeah. defensive yeah, end? he's going to be like a top 10 pick. He's, he's a stud. He's uh Number five, he's their defensive end. Um, he kind of developed over the past few years. His dad was the defensive coordinator at Purdue when he committed there. And I believe he was, I think he was a freshman back in 2019 uh, when he was playing against, against Carson Strong. So I guess looking back at it, that was a pretty cool matchup to see two, um, probably two first round pit or two top two round picks playing against each other as freshmen in that game, which is kind of kind of cool to see looking back on it. And you know we hate those Boilermakers, so good win for good win for Nevada. Always good, always good to see them lose. I remember watching that game. It was because it's always on um, Labor Day weekend, and that was like the last game of the night, you know, like Nevada, West Coast kind of like mountain. I don't know if they're a mountain time zone or – Pacific, whatever it is, late night game, and it was like the last game on in the night in, in Nevada. Carson Strong drove him down the field um, to kick uh, like a 55-yard field goal that ended up beating Purdue at the time expires. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so again, he progressed throughout the the his freshman year or his first year of starting, and the other big game that I – uh, looked at was on November 9th they played at number 24 San Diego State and they put out a win 17 to 13 knocking off the Aztecs and Strong went 19 to 26 147 yards one touchdown one pick but that's a ranked team that he was able to take down so I'll give him props for that yeah, on the road, too. I don't think that's – I mean, San Diego State's been a good program, to be honest, for like the last, like, 10, 15 years. So even if they weren't ranked in that scenario, I think that's still a good win to go on there on the road as a freshman and get a W. Um, didn't have the best stats, but, I mean, he got the job done, so that's really all that matters and something like that. Yeah, and then they close out the year in the Idaho Potato Bowl. Up in Boise. Uh, Ryan, that is the uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl right. uh, to you, my friend. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl, you're right. That's right. Um, and they played Ohio, and they lost 30-21. to But Strong had a 
31 of 49, 402 yards, one touchdown. That's not a bad day at the office. Just couldn't 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 get the W against uh, the Ohio Bobcats. I mean, you look at his numbers his entire freshman year, just like wrapping it all up, and it's the same case in that um, Ohio game or the bowl game. I mean, he I don't know what was going on, but he was throwing for 40, 50 balls a game. I mean, like this is not your usual like pro style offense. Hey, we're going to run the ball, keep it uh, slow pace and then throw the ball 20 to 30 times. Like he had 51 attempts against Purdue. He had 44 against Weber state. He had 40 against Wyoming, 40 New Mexico, 49 against Ohio. Yeah. 49 Ohio, 54 attempts, UNLV, like, they were slinging the ball and they still kind of have these past few years, but it's kind of gotten more balanced out um, as he's grown older and as the offense has kind of matured, but they weren't doing him any favors, letting him drop back 50 plus times in a lot of these games. I mean, he just kind of got whacked time and time again um, after they dropped him back 50 times. I mean, DNs and everyone else that you were talking about, Ryan, George Carl off this run for Purdue. I mean, those guys are just teeing off on him. Um, dropping back 50-plus times a game. Yeah. But he wrapped up the year with a 63.4 completion percentage. Um, Through the rock for 2,300 yards, 11 touchdowns, 7 picks. And Nevada won 7-6 and six that year. Yep, with a loss in the bowl game, so 7-5 regular season. I mean, solid year for his freshman year. Um, he improved year after year, which I know we've talked about this a lot before, Brian. That's what I like to see in a quarterback. I know we'll move on to the next years, but his freshman year, 64% completion percentage moves up. Next couple of years, he's around 70, 71% completion percentage, which is a huge jump. So he's really improved year over year. The freshman year um, is a tough one, but um, he's improved steadily since then. Yeah, so that's that bleeds into the 2020 season. Uh any gains pop off the sheet, TC, when you look at his second year? Because I only looked at his the bowl game. Um, they didn't play any ranked teams yeah. at all. Yeah, I mean the. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough this year because obviously twenty twenty was the COVID year. COVID and year. Nobody played any uh, non conference games, so he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't have the opportunity to play against uh, the teams like the Purdue's that he's played against the Oregon's that, that put Nevada on more of like a national stage. He's playing against like, you know, Utah state and, and New Mexico and all these teams that to be honest, if you turned on the, the game, you probably would just turn it right off. If you saw Nevada and New Mexico playing, um, I thought he had a good year. I liked how, like I was saying, his progression from freshman to sophomore year, um, his completion percentage went up a ton. Is also his touchdown to interception ratio improved so much from um, his freshman to sophomore year. So, 2019, he had 11 touchdowns and seven picks, and then his second year starting in 2020, he just burst on with 27 touchdowns and only four picks. Um, and he, keep in mind, guys, he's still throwing the ball 50, 40 to 50 times this year as well. I mean, they're not. They're not helping him out with any run game. I mean, they really couldn't do anything else. It's the same deal. 52 attempts, 46, 48. Like, he's slinging the ball, and he's um, only throwing four picks is uh, 
is pretty impressive in my book. I, I like to see that. And, and he's pushing the ball down the field too. I mean, he's throwing for 400 yards a game in majority of these contests. So I like that a lot. I think um, overall, I really do like his, his deep ball accuracy. I think he improved on that a lot from his freshman to sophomore year. Um, his ball placement on these, he puts great air under it. He doesn't uh, throw line drives. He's actually um, – has a really pretty deep ball, which is which is fun to, to watch if you actually go watch some of his tape and his highlights that he uh, that he put on over the past few years. Yeah, it's good analysis, TC. Um, and he wrapped up the 2020 season by knocking off Tulane, and once again they were in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I don't know, that's pretty uncommon for a team to go to a two straight of the same bowl games outside of the CFP. But they were back in the Idaho Potato Bowl up in Boise, and they beat Tulane uh, 38-27. Like TC said, they let him just throw the rock, and he finished with five touchdowns in that game to go with 271 yards. So, Yeah, they love the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Loves the Wolfpack, Ryan. Little, little known fact, they love them. They always play up there. I feel like it's always them, Wyoming. I remember your Wyoming Josh Allen played in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl when he was there too. Um, a lot of Mountain West teams <laughs> they find themselves up there um, in Boise for the on the blue turf. So yeah, I mean, good game nonetheless. Good way to cap out the the season for them, especially given the COVID year and everything. Um, and he set himself up for a big twenty twenty one. Yeah, but he finished 2020 at nine games. Again, that's the COVID year. Didn't get the opportunity to play some out-of-conference teams like they should have. But as TC said, there's the increase in completion percentage jumped up like 7 8% to 70.1. And then increases yardage as well in in one fewer game, mind you. So he threw for 28-58 and then really took off in the touchdown department. 27 touchdowns and only four picks. That's a great ratio. They finished the season 7-2 and two and capped it off with a victory in the Idaho Potato Bowl. So I'd say that's a successful season for the Nevada Wolfpack. Yeah, they really put him on the map going into 2021. I mean, after 7-2 and in the COVID year, um, he had a great year, like we were saying. It's great completion percentage, great touchdown perception ratio, really throwing the ball down the field. So that put him on the map for a lot of NFL scouts coming into this year, 2021, of putting him on the map and trying to see what he can do this year and kind of putting a little bit of pressure on him. He started to pop up more on draft boards. Um, more people started tuning into his games because they realized that he was a draft prospect. And as this year, 2021 kind of went on that kind of came to fruition with uh the, with the numbers that he put up in the most recent season yeah do any any games stick out to you from this past year i think definitely this the hope or the season opener technically against cal um they went on the road to a pac-12 opponent i know cal it's not it's not oregon it's not usc don't care. It's a it's a power five team for Nevada. That's a, that's basically their Super Bowl. Went on the road, um, got off to a poor start. I think I remember watching this game because I bet on Nevada. It was like the start of the year. Nevada was like plus fourteen 
or whatever it was. And I thought that was too high of a line. So I bet him and I won some money, Ryan. There you go. So, um, they had a great game. They, but they got down early. They got down 14 zero against Cal, um, really early. I think like end of the first quarter was 14 zero. So you think this is something where they can slip away from, uh, power five school like Nevada doesn't have a lot of talent, as much talent as Cal does. And, um, Carson Strong really battled back. They, Went down, got a field goal, went down, got a touchdown, then just started piling it on and on and on. Um, Carson finished the game throwing for 312 yards, um, completing 22 of his 39 passes against Power 5 team, um, threw two touchdowns, one pick. Um, but he really let him back in that game. He uh, had a couple great deep shots. He, the defense played well, allowed him to get back into the game that they're down 14. So that's one that sticks out. I, I highlight the ones for these, uh, I would say, lower-level programs like Nevada playing against bigger schools like Cal, Power 5 teams, because to be honest, that's that's their Super Bowl. That's what they that's what they live for, um, to show out on the big stage, national TV. I believe the game was on like FS1 or something. So everyone's watching you, late-night game. Um, we'll pack 12 after dark for, for Cal. Um, so I, I like that game a lot. I think that really showed that his resiliency never really gave up, kind of fought to the end and, and battled back despite getting down really early. Yeah, that was a, a good way to, to start a season, of course. Um, and yeah, the game I looked at was against, uh, they played, they were again, they were at, Number 22, ranked San Diego State. So another matchup with the Aztecs. And um, they ended up losing that game. It was a close one, 23-21. But, I mean, Carson Strong, again, they had him throwing the rock for almost 50 times that game. 48 is what he threw for. Completed 34 of those. Uh, threw for 350 yards, three touchdowns. So... Um, not a performance to write home about per se, but, um, he did, he did enough damage where I think they were in position to win that game, but just ended up not, not going Nevada's way against a really good opponent. So, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate because they're, to be honest, we were talking about earlier, like it's similar things with Nevada as um, we were talking about earlier with Ole Miss um, a couple of weeks ago. So their offense is so great. Like you, you see these stats that we're talking about guys and um, Carson strong is throwing for 350, 476, um, 377. Like he's throwing for yards and he's throwing for touchdowns. Um, he had 36 touchdowns this year, which is just insane but their defense is absolutely terrible. Like we were talking about old miss. So he's, he's going out there trying to, to win um, shootouts against all these programs because their defense is letting up so many points. So um, I wouldn't take too many of the losses into account, especially the ones where he's throwing for 350 yards, three, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Like there's nothing more the kid can do. I mean, he played his butt off this year. And his team still only finished at um, what was a record this year, Ryan? Eight, eight Seven, and five eight wins. Eight and five. Eight, yeah, eight and four regular season lost the bowl game. Um, so I mean, I feel bad for the kid that he couldn't have a better year 
this year because they were scoring, but their, their defense, to be honest, is just absolutely awful. Yeah, dude. and they uh, they made it to the quick lane bowl in Detroit, um, but Carson Strong did not play. He decided to opt out to prepare for the draft. And one important thing about that I think that we need to highlight here is that in the quick lane bowl, uh, they played Nevada, played uh, Western Michigan, um, and the score of that game without Carson Strong in the game was 52-24 to 24 Western Michigan. They lost. They got killed in that game. That game was not even competitive. So that just goes to show you how much Carson Strong really does um, help the team. They can only put up 24 points without him and absolutely got dominated in that game by, a, I believe, a 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five Western Michigan team. So that just really goes to show you how how badly they need him and how much he provides for this team um, this entire year When whenever he opted out for the bowl game. It did not go well, to say the least. It was over by halftime. Yeah, so that's... That's kind of a, a there you have it with Carson Strong. Um, uh, completion percentage was pretty much the same at 70% as in 2020, but really increased the, the yardage as we were talking about from 2858 to 4,186, upped his touchdowns by nine, and interceptions went up as well, but that's to be expected, to be honest. And they finished, as we already said, eight and five. Um, and Carson Strong is now preparing for the drafts as we speak, and that's why we are analyzing him as we are tonight. Um, so TC, looking at his body of work, do you think he can be a franchise quarterback at the next level in the NFL? Um, I think, I mean, franchise is subjective, right? I mean, like, I think that he can be a NFL starter, yes. I think that um, depending on the situation where he goes, obviously you can say that with any of these guys, but I think that he can easily be in uh, a high-caliber NFL starter. One of the – we were talking about his uh, measurables earlier. His, he's 6'4", he's 230, he's a big guy. One of the guys that he reminds me of is Big Ben, the Roethlisberger. He doesn't go down easily. He's not too mobile, but he can get out of sex when he needs to. He can kind of, um, for lack of a better term, just shove people off of him and, and have the strength to, to stay alive and, and throw the ball away or throw it downfield or even get a couple of yards out of it. So he's not the most mobile guy. Like everyone's probably realized at this point, we haven't really talked about his running ability. Um, that's because there's not a lot of it. <laughs> he didn't really run for any yards um, other than getting sacked in a lot of the, the games over his career. So, I, I, honestly, the player comp for him, in my opinion, is, is a, probably a poor man's Big Ben. I know that's a lot to, to live up to. He's Big Ben is a Hall of Famer, and he um, obviously multiple Super Bowls, but he just has a stature that I think that kind of compares to Roethlisberger in this essence. Um, I'm looking forward to see him, seeing him in the league. I think that he can be a starter um, in the long run. I think that obviously it's going to take a coach that's going to work with him and uh, see what makes sense for him going down the line. But I'm looking forward to, to kind of seeing how he plays in the NFL. Cause I think he's not going to be a first round pick. I don't think, I don't think, but so. I think 
Yeah, so I think he's a. I think he's the first quarterback off the board day two, honestly. Um, second rounder, whoever gets him is going to be getting a guy that will go out there and battle, that has the arm strength, that has the deep ball accuracy and talent to, to push the ball down the field. Um, you just got to know what you're getting with him. You got to have a solid offensive line. You got to give him some time to survey the field for a lot of his throws here and not get dominated by um, the NFL defensive linemen because um, that has happened before um, to immobile quarterbacks in the league. So I think that's important as well, but I see him as a, an NFL starter, to be honest with you. All right, so TC has him as an NFL starter. Now it's my turn. Uh, when looking at, again, I've said this before, I'll say it again. This is a not the strongest class of quarterbacks that have come out in recent years. There's no Trevor Lawrence. There's no Justin Fields uh, in this draft class. So it's very – there's a lot of guys that we've already talked about, three three guys. This is our third guy we're talking about. we got like three more to talk about as well. So it's a deep class, but, uh, again, the ceiling on some of these guys just isn't there. And for Carson Strong, I – don't see him as a franchise quarterback. I see him as a a uh, borderline starter, I'd say, somewhere on the border between starter and backup. Um, but it kind of is going to depend on where he gets a chance to, to go to work. And I agree with TC that he, sh- he probably should be the, the first quarterback off the board round two or day two. Uh, so I see him as a as a second round or a third round pick, um, but I see him more in the mold of a Davis Mills. That's my my cop for Carson Strong. And hey, Davis Mills could be the starter next year. Davis Mills could. Uh, I think they're sticking with him next year for the Texans. He could. Uh, he could be the guy moving forward. He had a pretty good year this year. So that's that's my cop for for Carson Strong is is Davis Mills. So. That's uh, border or that's a fringe starter. That's where I'll I'll place Carson Strong as a fringe starter in the NFL at the next level. So not a franchise quarterback, but a fringe starter. So right on that on that borderline. But he'll get a chance to be the starter. And is he going to turn out like a uh, a Dak Prescott, or is he going to go the way of a Drew Locke? So. Or a Paxton Lynch, for that matter. Ugh. Paxton Lynch just got drafted by the USFL USFL team. <laughs> I know that's that draft has been going on for all the forgotten in the NFL players that couldn't make it in the NFL, and now they're drafting for the the new league. He just got drafted. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, so that's that's my my prediction is that he'll be a, a fringe starter. If I'm wrong. I I hope I'm wrong on all these guys because I want everyone to be able to succeed. Um, but if I'm wrong, then I'll I'll gladly admit it on this podcast that I was wrong. But I see him as a fringe starter. But Carson Strong, go get him, go be the best that you can be, and and prove me wrong, kid. I think he'll. I think day two. I think obviously he's going to go day two. I think, but I think if. He's still on the board in like the second round sometime, like, I don't know, you'd say like anywhere from like pick like 40 to 50. I think someone's going to make a trade up to 
to go snag him, someone that maybe didn't snag a quarterback in the first round, someone like a someone like a Pittsburgh, someone um, that really needs a quarterback right now um, going forward, someone like Pittsburgh, uh, who else that is in dire need? Maybe someone like Saints. the Raiders, if they Saints, the Raiders, um, if they everything does go well with uh, Carr over there. So uh, the football Col- teams, the, I think there's a lot of the um, Colts, the Commanders, the Colts, <laughs> the Colts. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, the Commanders, not the football team anymore. I'm gonna I've changed my name. I'm calling them within the past like two years with Redskins, now football team. Actually, is Redskins taboo, Ryan? Can I not even say Redskins? I don't Surely think frowned upon, right? I think that's front on the podcast. You can't say it. Okay, got it. We're we're just gonna blur that out um, uh, post editing, right, Ryan? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of all I got. So my prediction is he'll be a fringe starter in the mold of a Davis Mills. So. I think he's gonna be a starter. I I, I like him a lot. I think that. Kid's got fight. He's a he's got a lot of fight in him. I think that he's a confident guy. Um, got that normal chip on his shoulder. Being a like Ryan was saying, the twenty like two thousand best recruit in the, his class or whatever it was, just super unheralded. So I like him. Um, I think that he's got a lot to give to a team. I think once he gets into an NFL room, the he'll progress and and learn. I don't think he's a day one starter. No. But I think he could progress and, and become a starter in this league. And he has the arm strength, he has the arm talent to do it. Um, so I, I really do. I really do like him. I think he's going to be one of the probably two best quarterbacks coming out of this class, in my opinion. Is he better than Sam Howell? I think he's better than Sam Howell, yes. I would place him above Howell. Um, I would place. Um, Corral is dependent because I think that Corral might um, he's had some injury issues and I think that he scrambles a lot, he t- he runs the ball a lot, he chances himself, he gets a- he takes a lot of hits, so um, maybe through no fault of his own through injury reasons, um, that might be an issue going forward with Corral but I put him in, in strong, more on like a level playing field um, going forward, so maybe um Maybe 2A, 2B, something like that. Yeah, so I'm excited to see where these guys fall on the draft on the draft board come draft day because it's all about fit. So fit's going to be really important for all these quarterbacks that we're talking about, especially for Carson Strong. What's the fit going to be? Who's going to be the head coach? Who's going to be his surrounding weapons? Is there going to be a veteran guy in front of him? You know, those are the, the type of things that really determine, you know, how successful a young quarterback could be. So, very curious to see where where he lands on draft day. Agreed. I'm looking forward to it. I, I like the kid. So. All right. Do you want to talk about uh, Aaron and Shailene? They're done, man. There's rumors going on out there. If you watch the... Anybody watches the Pat McAfee show, they were they have Rogers on every Tuesday and they interviewed him and there was like a, a faint women's laugh in the background and everyone's um, kind of uh, conspiring that that was Shailene Woodley in the background and that things are not over. So who knows what's going on with them? Yeah, I saw that um, he posted something cryptic on Instagram, I think, about his future 
And I went on the Pat McAfee show and basically denied it that anything was wrong with him being in Green Bay. Yeah, he's just, like, messing with everybody. I feel like he just, like, just screwed around and just tossed stuff out there just to get a – stir the pot a little bit just to, like, cause a ruckus um, in the media because everyone just jumps on that whenever he says anything. So I think he was just messing around, honestly, as, as weird as that does sound. I think the uh, was scrolling through Instagram, and the betting favorite right now is for him to to land on the Broncos, if not the Packers. Man, I hope he leaves the Packers, but honestly, I I would probably bet that he stays with them. I just don't see him going anywhere better right now with a better team around him that gives him a better chance to win the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, than than the Packers. So take another year of him in the in the division with the Bears, and then hopefully he'll be gone for good i could i could uh vibe with him on the broncos because they just got what, nathaniel hackett right yeah it was offensive coordinator yeah so i would like i would like that pairing just as an nfl fan and you yeah got, you well, got, we we took his quarterbacks coach the bears they hired his quarterbacks coach so i heard i heard there was rumors that Devontae adams might be coming to the bears I saw that. Yeah, they said he really likes the guy that we hired, Luke Getze, for our offensive coordinator. And the Bears was their quarterback's coach over there. And I guess that him and Devontae were super tight. So they're talking about that. And we have we have the cap room to, to pay someone like that to, to come over. Um, so he could be Justin Fields' number one dude, which would be kind of cool. But it's all it all depends on if the Packers franchise tag him or not. Um, so if they do, if they don't get a long-term deal done, I'm assuming they're probably going to franchise franchise tag him. Unfortunately, guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, I think that that wraps things up on Carson Strong. Put a bow on it, and then we'll be back in uh, another two weeks. I think we're going to talk about Kenny Pickett. Who? Let's do it. Who's our? That's going to be our next quarterback we analyze, and you'll have to wait and see to get our analysis on Kenny Pickett. Um, But yeah, that's it for me, TC. So, cha-ching. Cha-ching.